les oignons, les oignons, tout le bon marché. C'est ici, c'est l'issa. Ma grand-mère connaît les dos. Les oignons, les oignons, les oignons, tout le bon marché. Hello, this is the old Kaiser here. Uh, we opened up today's program with Fat Waller, and he did African Rippers. Uh, then we heard Nick and his Creole serenaders with uh, Les Onions. Well, I'm here for an hour every week, playing 70 RPM records on WFMU. Now, you've heard the Sears goat on the past two programs. You remember he was delivered by mistake when I ordered a new Sears-built Pouton Shanty. It was supposed to come with a free, pre-assembled Sears cat, but there was a mix-up in the shipping department, and they sent a Sears goat instead. Well, you heard him in the background during my monologues on the radio the, the past few weeks. Well, we were contacted by a listener who is a professional goat translator. She speaks fluent goat, and she is apparently one of the most highly respected goat translators in the field. She showed us her credentials. She explained that the goat wasn't simply bleating for no reason. The goat was expressing opinions on the music played on the show. And he didn't like it all. In fact, the goat translator said that the goat's comments were 80% negative about the 78 RPM discs that I feature. Uh, he also indicated, in his own goaty way, this woman claims, that the goat was a fan of Annette Hanshaw and wanted to know why I don't play her records. Well, I don't play Annette Hanshaw because her singing is like the sugar water that passes for cocktails at Ralph's Pool Room in Belleville, New Jersey. Besides uh, bleating out his music criticism during my mic breaks, the goat crapped on the floor of the Pouton Shanty a dozen times. Maybe that was another way. I'm here expressing displeasure with my playlist. But we welcomed the goat. He was frisky, and he kept us on our toes. Uh, 
we remember we asked listeners to submit names for the goat. We got dozens of suggestions, but uh, none of them seemed appropriate. Well, finally, we finally named a goat. Last Sunday night, we had a gathering at my bunker in East Orange. Uh, Rummy Delbarton came by, along with uh, Flora Dix Hoonwasser, uh, Red Butler, Brother Justin and his sister Iris, uh, Lola Bell and her no-account boyfriend, Halid Bottlenecks, and uh, Reddy Kilowatt was also here. Well, we all agreed on what to name the goat. We decided to call him Dinner. He was excellent. Broiled with some garlic, a little bit of minced ginger, onions and bell peppers. <laughs> well, uh, just because the goat had bad taste in music doesn't mean the goat didn't taste good. Well, we're going to get back to the music now here on the Old Codger Show, and uh, nobody's going to complain about it. <laughs> Here comes that good-for-nothing brat of a boy He's such a devil I could whoop him with joy He's been carousing at the burly queue Just watch me teach him with the sole of my shoe Small fry strutting by the pool room Small fry should be in the schoolroom My, my, put down that cigarette You ain't a grown-up high and mighty yet Small fry dancing for a penny Small fry counting up how many my, my, just listen here to me You ain't the biggest catfish in the sea You practice pecking all day long to some old radio song Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes You'd better listen to your ma and someday practice the law And then you'll be a real success, yes, small Kiss the neighbor's daughter, small fry, stay in shallow water. Seems I should take you across my knee, you ain't the biggest catfish in the sea. You've got your feet all soaking wet, you'll be the death of me yet. Oh, me, oh, my small fry. Avec Totoche, qui la filoche et la défend, c'est pas un mec à la mie de pain poisse à la manque, qui fait sa planque comme un feignant, non, comme un chef d'administration, il organise la production, le nécessaire et le superflu, tout est réglé, tout est prévu, pendant les heures d'exploitation, c'est pas un homme, c'est un démon, mais en dehors de ses fonctions, <rire> c'est pas un homme, c'est un mouton. Après le boulot, si qu'elle veut faire des heures en plus, hein Comme dit Totor, moi, Dolphon, ça me regarde plus. Comme dit Totor, ça me fait pas tort pour l'argent qu'elle gagne en dehors. On est d'accord, comme dit Totor, faut pas se conduire comme un butor. Comme dit Totor, j'y laisse le droit de la dépenser. À volonté de la ramasser ou de la placer. 
de se tuyauter, de boursicoter, d'acheter de la rente ou du foncier en suivant les cours financiers, des charbonnages ou des aciers. J'ai pas le droit d'y fourrer mon nez parce que moi, correct et régulier. Pendant que les autres vont jouer le pastis à la belote avec les potes dans les bistrots, Tutor contrôle tout ce que la tête lui raconte. Il fait ses comptes dans son bureau. Pour le reste qui a, j'ai le boni avant qu'elle parle, il a compris. Il n'y a rien à chiquer avec lui, c'est plus un homme, c'est un sexy. À moins d'erreur ou d'omission, à la première contestation, la machine à coller des jetons est prête à la distribution. Comme dit Tator, si qu'on se laisse faire, on est foutu. Comme dit Tator, il faut d'abord quand ça va plus. Il y a les docteurs et taper forme une fois qu'on a fait du sport. Comme dit Tator, qui n'a pas tort, pour pas se conduire comme un butor. Quand c'est réglé, bah ça sert à rien d'être rancunier. Comme dit Tator, à peine a-t-il la main tournée, qui lui colle du taf à gommer et lui dit pour la consoler, blessé en service commandé, c'est un accident du métier. Demain, t'iras pas travailler parce que moi tu sais incorrect. Et régulier. Et malgré ça, il y a les jours où la môme te touche, fait sa caboche et reprend le dessus. Si bien qu'un soir, elle s'est fait voir avec ta table. Et ce qu'elle est le plus grave, Totor l'a su. Comme dit Totor, qu'on soit bourgeois, barbe au prince ou n'importe quoi, chacun son bien, chacun son du sens à la morale est foutue. Si bien qu'en sortant du restaurant, ta table s'est trouvée devant Totor, qui a dit les yeux dans les yeux. <rire> on va régler ça tous les deux. Comme dit Totor, si qu'on se laisse faire, on est foutu. Mais le monde t'a t'a dit là, Totor, je te comprends plus. Je te jure que Totor, t'es dans tes torts. Avec l'amour, j'ai pas de remords. On est d'accord. Et quand elle sort, j'ai refusé 100 balles dans le corridor. Non. Alors, Totor, il y a des. J'ai rien te reprocher. Tu vois, mon pote, si tu m'avais pas regardé, on serait en train de s'entrelarder. Mais moi, je pouvais pas deviner, vu qu'elle m'a jamais rien donné, finalement. Oh, tu peux t'en aller, ben. Mais. C'est elle qui va te dérouiller et je veux. Parce que moi, tu sais, un corps avec régulier. Alive, alive. 
finished our second set of music on the old concert show, we opened up with our Mildred Bailey and her orchestra, and she sang Small Fry. Then Edith Piaf, singing in French, we heard a correct irregulier. Uh, Maxine Sullivan sang the song Molly Malone. Then the Georgia Jumpers with Ukulele Benny. And uh, we closed out that set with the John Kirby Sextet and Close Shave. I am the old codger Courtney T. Edison here on WFMU, Every week, featuring only 78 RPM records. And we have a new sponsor on the Urkaja Radio Show. Always great to welcome a new sponsor, because that means money coming into the program. Now, Maxwell Bodenheim was one of the great American practitioners of the poetic arts. Now his classic poetry is available in a new collector's edition. And I was very close to uh, Mr. Bodenheim. In the 1920... Uh, Max, of course. Max is what I called him, of course. Uh, everybody did. And I was very close to him in the 1920s and 1930s, b- before he began to disingratiate himself from all the finest social circles, and before he transitioned to earning a living by uh, panhandling. And he was good at that, too. But in his prime, Bodenheim was a literary titan. He had all the young ladies falling at his feet and sticking their heads in gas ovens and leaping into the East River after he stole their virginity and mocked their devotion. Oh, Maxwell was a brutal heartbreaker. He proved that you don't need money, style, or a soul to attract flirty dames. Maxwell also, he coined the phrase, why don't you slip out of those wet clothes and into a dry martini? Others have claimed credit but those words tumbled out of Max's mouth at Webster Hall when he spied a uh, a drenched chorus dame who uh, had just come in from a rainstorm. 
I was there at the time, and I heard it. Well, Maxwell Bodenheim died over 60 years ago. Cause of death, something to do with a high-speed projectile that emerged from a chamber. The preservation of Maxwell's reputation rests, unfortunately, on his less talented younger brother, Gus. Nonetheless, I think you'll appreciate the effort that Gus makes in this new commercial. Gus wants to introduce his dead brother's vivacious verse to a new generation of poetry enthusiasts. And like his late brother Maxwell, Gus is fueled by potent libations. So, uh, this is our new sponsor. Whatever it takes to pay the bills around here. The brass band plays upon your decks. Like a sturdy harlot, aping mirth, life is swishing in the air. Like a tipsy, unseen bridegroom. I'm sure you recognize that lovely snatch of verse as Advice to a River Steamboat by Maxwell Bodenheim, the finest poet of the 20th century. And I should know, for he was my brother. Gus Bodenheim here, proudly presenting a brand new collection of the very best of Max Bodenheim. Why, just listen. The sea is pregnant with gracious discords. <sighs> Who's the frail? She sounds like a robot. Uh, a robot, Gus. Yes, yes. <sighs> Not contented to rest on his laurels after penning blockbuster novels like Naked on Roller Skates and Cutie, A Warm Mama, my brother gave us this classic. The wind was shrill and mercenary, like a housewife pacing down the sky. Green wheats and tin cans in the yard made a debris of ludicrous dissipations. Take that, T.S. Eliot. More like B.S. Eliot. <laughs> Ezra, quarter pound, lightweight. Max is... I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> Max's poems made the other poets look like the bastards. What? Yeah, of course. Oh, listen to this. Indigo indignities. The words are like a mermaid and a saint, doubting each other's existence with a kiss. No, I will not cut. <laughs> yeah, take this familiar verse. Like a vivid hyperbole. The sun plunged into April's freshness. Now that's a goddamn poem. Sons of bitches. I... <sighs> to order, call 1-800-228-2221. Receive almost $3 in COD charges plus postage by sending $12.98 for the records, $15.98 for tapes, the classics. Box 6677, Chicago, Illinois, 60680. That's Illinois. are getting frazzled and you want a nice retreat you should take a house and come a living down in peaceful street it runs down from the boiler works to the timber sawing mills and they're digging up the roadway yes they're digging up the road between with automatic drills there's milk in the morning cats in the night old moors almanac and fruit all ripe there's singers who sing in horrible tones and the party who comes collecting rags and bones. There's a Scot with his bagpipe and a cop with his feet keeping law and order down in peaceful street. The shades of night are falling and you start to nod your head. All the world is wrapped in slumber as you snuggle down in bed. In nearby railway sidings you can hear the engines roar and a gramophone starts playing. Yes, they're playing Rule Britannia on the gramophone next door. The clocks in the steeple strike through the night. 
cubs start a crowing and the dogs all fight. There are taxis that hoot, their horrible din, and the wind blows the lid off someone's old ash bin. And at daybreak, the factory whistles make life complete as you just start slumbering down peaceful street. When the week is over comes the peaceful Sabbath day Till someone starts to build a hen house just across the way A motorbike declines to start upon its Sunday spin And the leather-throated newsboys The leather-throated newsboys add their music to the din Sunday paper! Boy scouts in battalions tramping about Blowing their bugles till their eyes drop out A corps of girl guides in order arrayed And the special constabulary on parade Then the Salvation Army to show they're not beat Bust their drum each Sunday down in peaceful street A peaceful spot to live in is peaceful Bring 
Well, come on, boys, let's swing this song. Solid band, we'll string along. Well, little da da do 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 That's on deck, that's on, yeah. Quantum, quantum, quantum.
you harm that bird, don't you dare to try. Start releasing that chicken or you'll get a licking that chick's too young to fry. Hey boy, better take my word, here's the reason why. Gotta feed her steady till she gets ready, that chick's too young to fry. Take her back in the barnyard, then let her go, just turn her loose. Way out there in the barnyard, where she'll grow up for better use. Hey boy, there will come a time, someday by and by, she'll be ready for frying, so stop your crying, that chick's too young to fry. Butcher at the uh, top of that set with Peaceful Street. Then we heard the four clips, <laughs> and they sang, I like pie, I like cake. Uh, the cats on the fiddle gave us, that's on, Jack, that's on. The Mighty Sparrow, very early recording, uh, give the youngsters a chance, was also uh, sometimes referred to as Jack Palance, because he mentions him in the lyrics of that. And Louis Jordan, Ended up to share it with that chick's too young to fry. This is the O'Codger on the WFMU playing 78s only. Uh, not, uh, we heard Ernest Butcher in that share. Ernest Butcher was the singing sensation of 1935 with his big hit, I Ain't No Bodenheim. <laughs> Bodenheim was a popular metaphor that suggested uh, drunken, loutish behavior, the kind that often resulted in being thrown down flights of stairs, or getting socked in a jaw, uh, but, but not being pushed out of windows. It's important to draw distinctions. Let's not get carried away. Anyway, it's, it's purely coincidental that I played this song after a commercial for the collected literary jewels of Maxwell Bodenheim announced by his no-account brother Gus. I remember the first time I met Gus. He was sitting alone in a room, staring at a television. It was off. He turned to me and he said, I'd like to have a nice bag of stuffed figs. I knew that Gus was a walking Zen riddle, and I had to solve it. Ah, the project continues. I was not personally acquainted with Ernest Butcher. I wouldn't know Ernest Butcher from a goat wrangler. But Butcher was no Bodenheim. He was no Flip the Frog either. And he wasn't even Calvin Coolidge. He was Ernest Butcher. Anyway, let's get back to the music here. I'm sorry, I'm just getting silly. Happens occasionally. It breaks the tedium of my naturally sour disposition. Anyway, back to the music. Here's uh, James P. Johnson and a tune about New Jersey. It's called Jersey Sweet.
you know I won't throw you down, Mama. I heard you was a two-time man, and I want you to understand. Now listen, I want you to be mine as I am, but I'm evil any time I might make a great big flag. That's all. Listen now, but as you should, because it's all for your good. What's wrong now? If you don't love me always, Mama's gonna shorten your day. Cut that out, cut that out. And if you jump up and rain, you may land right in your grave. Stop that. I ain't talking just to hear myself. I'm only telling you to clear myself. Now, if you don't love me always, Mama's gonna shorten your day. I mean, Mama's gonna shorten your day. Some of your flesh. That's all you stood about. Now I've been two times. I admit once before. But I declare sweet papa butter beans won't be two times no more. Now if you don't love me always, Papa's gonna shorten your days. I mean, Papa's gonna shorten your days. Talking to the whip for well, he say you got a corny trill. Bob White, what will you swing tonight? I was talking to the mockingbird, he say you are the worst he heard. Bob White, what will you swing tonight? Even the old owl telling me you're false singing the lullaby note. Don't be a bring down if you can swing down, give me the high note. There's a lot to talk about you, Bob, and they sing you off the cop. Fake it, Mr. B, take it, follow me, Bob White. We're gonna break it up tonight. There's a lot of talk about you, Bob, and they sing you off the cob. Take it, Mr. B, fake it, follow me, Bob White. We're gonna break it up tonight. 
that set closes out the program, the Old Kaiser Radio Hour. We uh, started there with uh, James P. Johnson on the piano, and he did Jersey Sweet. Then we heard Butterbeans and Susie, with Mama's Gonna Shorten Your Days. Felix and his crazy cats, there's the orchestra with the Duke of Iron, great Calypsonian, the Duke of Iron, his real name was Cecil Anderson. We heard Bob White, What You Gonna Swing Tonight, from Felix and his crazy cats. Uh, Eddie Lang and Lonnie Johnson was the last music that we heard in the program, and they did uh, have to change keys to play these blues. Earlier in the program, when I talked about the goat who came to dinner, actually the, the goat who was accidentally delivered and ended up on the table alongside the sweet potatoes, anyway, uh, earlier I mentioned uh, the goat liked Annette Hanshaw recordings. That reminds me that the Kittatinny Mountain Range in western New Jersey was created almost entirely out of discarded Annette Hanshaw 78s. I read that in one of those books about New Jersey history by uh, Henry Charlton Beck. He was a noted authority. He didn't just make stuff up, like some people. I mean, it's entirely possible. I, I believe it. I mean, there must be some reason why God created Annette Hanshaw records. They must have some earthly purpose. You can't listen to them without injuring your ears, being dumped in mountainous landfills to create new real estate. I think, I think that God had a plan. Anyway, this is your Codger. I'll be back next week with another hour of Splendid Radio on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, in New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM, and online at WFMU.org. Thanks to my uh, playlist administrator, and aide-de-camp uh, Lola Bear Pancake. We hope you patronize our sponsors. If you can't patronize our sponsors, then please buy their products. That's me. I am writing this and I am reading this, but at different times. But it's the same person, the reader, and the writer. Dear Hardy, referring to me, myself. <clears throat> Idea 1. Butch's dream has caused a paradox. If I get an idea now, and I want to express myself to fellow human beings, I can do so in a fixed variety of forms. I could write a poem, or if I had some funds, I could make a movie, I could make a cartoon, I could do a play, that I could do with some friends, or I could build some robots and do a play with them. I could do a puppet show, I could do a shadow puppet show. I could do an opera. I could make a song. I could do an expressive dance or a non-expressive dance. All those options are open to me. Or I could make up my own art form. It's easier to do the first kind. If it's a play, the audience will know what to expect. They'll sit there in their seat They'll know that they're going to get a story, that the people speaking are the actors, and that some of them are good people, maybe some of them are bad people, that there's something going on, and that there's supposed to be some place that isn't necessarily the stage. Or, or I could present my idea in its own art form. I could make up a vocabulary that involves throwing applesauce at a concrete wall, and it might take the audience a little time to figure out what's going on but eventually they might be able to interpret my very, very idiosyncratic, personalized symbols. 
the applesauce, the various types of food thrown against various types of walls. Some of them are just objects. Some of it's just a matter of flicking a type of juice at a platonic solid. And they would say, yes, but that is best done in a film, let's say, and that person might be some type of hero, and we'd know because of the costume, let's say a specific type of hat, a hero's hat. If you're making up the form, they won't know what the hero's hat is. These things are not mutually exclusive, but they do provide a certain tension. I want to be creative, but I must be so in the most rigid form possible. That's so strange. Is that not a paradox? I want to be truly free, but when I am truly free, no one seems to understand me. When I am confined, I can make myself clearly understood. Then I start to think, do I want to be clearly understood? Oh, everyone now knows the idea I am trying to convey. Pity all of us. Pity me for thinking it. Pity me for deciding to share it. Pity you for getting it inside your head without knowing where it came from or whether it'll be a good idea or not before it gets in there. Y'all invited in. Do this with movies all the time. I shall now invite an idea to come into my head and live there indefinitely, maybe, depending on how long it wants to stay. It didn't sign any kind of contract. I don't remember giving it a key, but the agreement that we made when I watched the film, I guess that was the key. And now the idea can come and go, and it can sneak up on me when I'm sleeping. I think I have the place to myself, and then boop! In comes that thing I let into my head many years ago. And here it comes back in. I live here too now and forever. You thought I was just visiting. No idea just visits. A lot of them will stay for longer than you know because they all make a copy of the key. All the ideas that come into your head are like guests who have stayed at your Airbnb and they've made a copy of your key and they think they can come back anytime unannounced without paying you. Sometimes you have to pay them in the form of patience or self-worth uh, or, or just general energy level. I liked it. It's, people don't realize that they're doing that. They go, oh, I have a mind palace. You go, now, is it your, just yours? Oh, yes. Well, maybe you ought to check out some of the rooms. Okay, go look at some of the rooms because you're going to be interested of all the people that are living there. How did they get in? Did they sneak in? No, you invited them in. Is that like polter, polter What is the plural? Poltergeese? Yes, I think it might be nutsgeistes. Have come into your head, and they're living there, and they're in the rooms. I don't mean to scare you, but is that why when I have dreams at night, sometimes there's people in there? Yes, you had them in. How do I get rid of them? Murder them in your head. No, don't do that. You don't have to kill them to get them out. Can, you, can I ask them to politely leave my mom palace? Depends who it is. Some people like being there, and some I keep there. Like I have a, a lot of them are imaginary in my head. So I have a kitchen staff, but they're not real people. And they're not menacing or anything. They're just in there making up recipes. What are you all doing in there? Oh, we're having a little bit of fun with the sugar and flour. All right, don't go crazy now. I know what you can go crazy with these little chef baking challenges at the middle of the night when glug, glug, a little too much. That happens in my mind palace. I get a little too inventive, and then my mind will start making things up as I'm sleeping. It's like, why are you doing little recipe experiments? Do I have to get up now and try it for real? No, but you do maybe have to roll over and write it down on a piece of paper. Now, one time this happened to Butchie. He was having a dream, and I heard him and the other, did you ever have a dog? Butchie's not a dog, but let's say he was a dog. Do you notice how a lot of dogs, when they're dreaming, sound like Shemp Howard? You go, Hardy, I don't know who Shemp Howard was. Oh, let me tell you the story. 
Dum 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 sham Howard was a man. No, I'm not gonna tell you this story right now. It should be guitars and everything should have kicked in right there. I'm saying, but he was one of the three stooges. And uh when he dreamt, he would be dreaming a lot of times. He would be sort of talking in his sleep and he'd hear he'd be he'd go like this. Mm-hmm. Like B B B. I don't know if he's saying B B B 